everybody welcome to two voices podcast i am one of your hosts kim and i am one of your hosts james edgar scott today we are going to kind of talk about how one would go about finding resources particularly when you feel alone and you're really stuck in a pattern of habitual chronic analysis and overthinking like basically feeling indecisive and prone to procrastination and so there are things out there that you can use um most of them are free and kim is going to begin by discussing one of the first one all right so one resource i always talk to james about this when we first connected we connected on the topic of suicide um and i always found it fascinating particularly after i stepped away from working a suicide prevention crisis line how come i didn't know about that resource before suicide had never it never occurred to me that i felt like suicide was a part of my life until i took um until i took that job And one of the resources that I would constantly refer callers to was called Seven Cups. And I never personally used it before. I tried it on my own and I stayed with it for about eight months. It's a free resource. As far as going there, if you just need someone to listen to you, likewise, if you just feel like it would benefit you to get your mind off your own problems and listen to what someone else is going through, their problems, Uh, Seven Cups would be a really phenomenal resource for you to to connect with other people that are also feeling alone. And I mainly used it as a listener, and I really learned a lot about me throughout those eight months. It started out as I just wanted to get my mind off how I felt unhappy in my life and angry all the time. And then towards the end, I realized that, I mean, yeah, it felt great for me to help other people work through their situationships, but it actually didn't make me feel better sustainably long-term. And it really motivated me to take myself a little less serious and approach it more in a way of, I get to be alive. I get to do something with my life. I get to be creative about how to go about it. And that's that's what Seven Cups did for me. What about you, James? What resources would you like to talk about? Uh, I would like to kind of chime in a little bit on Seven Cups. I've been both a listener and a member somebody who gets listened to and um, just on my end you know it helps it does help sometimes to help other people and that's what you know we've talked about before Um, another resource that I've used a lot um, is YouTube Um, I'm pretty sure Kim and I probably use it a little bit differently Um, (laughs) I use it more for like listening to music videos 
and specifically lo-fi which Kim introduced me to sometime last year and I yeah, fell in love with lo-fi that's pretty fantastic yeah um, for any listeners out there never really have been on YouTube and listened to a lo-fi channel just try it there's also Spotify I mean that's they have lo-fi channels on there too it's amazing um my favorite right now right that i listen to almost every day is a uh, little soul um just amazing s-o-u-l stuff. right yeah little soul s-o-u-l l-i-t-t-l-e uh, yeah amazing way to use youtube but you can also utilize youtube in other ways and so i'll, I'll i think kim would like to share her experiences oh yeah um I'll be very blunt uh, for as long as I can remember, particularly when I felt depressed back uh, when I came to that realization in 2013. I craved, I in hindsight, now I realize what I crave, which I craved high energy, creativity, not necessarily positive. I feel like that's a misconception high energy can be can, can come off negative but deep down it has so much spirit and emotion and raw how do you say intelligence to it and that that to me is creativity and youtube provided that for me at the at at my fingertips and people all over the world sharing their interests And I used YouTube as a way to, I guess, like, I used YouTube as a sounding board for me. I I perused it, um, musicians. I perused, so like acapella groups, um, instrumental. And at the time I was considering getting back into the realm of playing an instrument again. I would watch marching bands because I used a marching band. So it it was like creating, like kind of, digging in the past in terms of things that I used to enjoy or tried. And then it kind of, YouTube has this amazing ability to build a logarithm to lead you to things you never thought of before. Like lo-fi, I had no idea what that was until that logarithm for whatever reason led me to lo-fi, which I was more than happy to share with James and, and a bunch of other people. I also use YouTube. I guess I felt like I grew up really racially bland i wasn't really raised to behave think vibe a certain way as as well as um my gender and sex i was never it it was never instilled in me to feel strongly connected with being female or coming off uh with female attributes i suppose and youtube through youtube i was able to safely explore my sexual orientation um and I suppose YouTube helped me realize that I was very self-conscious of showing emotions with people and being who I was, which is an intellectual disaster to try to understand what that means. So that's another reason why I went to YouTube is I guess I was tired of using my brain to understand who I was. I wanted to feel who I was. And YouTube is, has never failed me ever. And if I had to really look deeper, people have never failed me. YouTube is people. Are people? 
I don't know my grammar. YouTube is people. James, please help me. Hey, either or would work in this situation. <laughs> you don't know, do you? No, it, either it's or would either work or? in this situation. Seriously? Okay. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, YouTube is people. And I feel like it's a, it's so healthy to just indulge in creativity and not there's no no need to create a bondage with those people. It's just like, wow, that was amazing. Thank you. And best be on our ways and continue in our interests. Um, there's another one I think James and I are kind of itching to tell you all about uh, that worked for us. Mind you, I want to recap, I guess, go back to the foundation again. These resources are stuff we personally have used and tried and they helped us in some way. We're not just throwing resources at you <laughs> without having personally gone through it ourselves. Um, so coaching, I got into coaching actually from a conversation, which is the whole point of two voices, right? You need two voices to have a conversation, at least externally, <laughs> not inside maybe. But I, I was cat sitting and the cat's owner was a recently retired LMFT. And they came back into the trade and I just went for it. I was super anxious and nervous, but I really felt like at a wit's end about how to be useful in society. And I thought, oh, you know, what about psychology? So I talked to her and I, and, and I said, I hate school. And then she said, well, if you hate school and you have a bachelor's degree, why are you going back to school? And I said, I don't know. I just felt like you're supposed to do things you hate in order to do things you love. And she's like, that's, she just shook her head. That's all she, she said. And then she recommended coaching. And all these excuses came up of like, oh, it's a scam or this or that or whatever. And she said, look, I have a colleague, check out their business. They do psychology and blend it with coaching. And I said, that's cool. I just said that because I didn't know what else to say. But I researched the school and I just fell in love with this almost, almost felt like a dream come true. Like basically learning who I was. So I got into coaching for me. The school is constructed in a way where you experience the coaching yourself if you were as if you were giving it to another. So you basically get to be in in a person's shoes that's being coached. So I did it for me. And it eventually I got to talking and telling people about how it was helping me find out who I was in an emotionally charged way, not in a mentally driven way. And people wanted me, they wanted to pay me to work with them. And it was just like, I don't know. I know I, it just, it revolutionized my mental health and what that even meant, which mental health, as James and I always kind of like, we really can relate to each other on this. I am raised in an Asian family. Though I wasn't instilled with attitudes, I guess subtle ones came up later as far as cultural analysis in college and beyond that it's very common for Asian families to not talk about mental states, mental well-being, how you're feeling or feelings in general. So coaching actually helped me to realize 
that emotions just, were important. <laughs> uh, just a quick note. Um, yeah. I'm also of Asian descent and in my family, we did not talk about mental health. And that was one of the reasons when I was diagnosed, it surprised everybody in my family. Um, those of you who know my story, of course, know that I've talked about this before. So there is, you know, some cultural things that come to play when you're in an Asian culture. And I've talked to this with others as well across the world, really. So I just want to throw that in. I apologize for interrupting. Are you kidding? You need to interrupt. <laughs> because I feel like it, it's your opportunity to talk about what you want to talk about next. A resource well, that others might be curious to know about that they don't already know about. Or maybe something I mentioned. Well, you know, life coaching for me with Kim was amazing. It gave me the tools that I needed to really work through different things that were going on in my life. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail. I'll say that for my own podcast. But, you know, I've talked about it before and it just, it was life-changing. And one of the things that I took was ELI and that was transforming. It's still something I want to keep taking over the next couple of years or so to what see where this, I'm at energy. What does this stand for, Eli? The Energy Leadership Index Assessment. And Kim would be able to explain it a little bit more in detail. But I would just say from personal experience, everybody, whether or not you're dealing with a mental health issue or not, even if you feel like life is pretty good, really take the ELI, get an assessment with somebody that's an expert in the ELI assessment, and you will be amazed. It's transformative. That's the only word I can use at the moment to really describe it. I remember the first time I took it, it was in the coaching school that I enrolled in. And everyone was talking about it. They're like, oh, do you know which module? It was about a nine-month, 10-month program. And three weekends, full 16, maybe it wasn't 16 hours. I think it was like 14-hour days back-to-back per weekend. And the last module, they handed us this, I suppose, um, digital account to complete an energy leadership index assessment. And basically what it, I found out that it measures your attitude, a situational in this moment, encapsulating all of the experiences you've had that, in, and that drive you to be who you are and show up how you do. And I just remember um, crying for several hours when I realized what the ELI helped me to realize that I thought I would be able to accomplish on my own without really much help with any by anyone or anything was that the way my life was could be attributed to where I was born in what kind of family I was born with, what kind of beliefs that they 
naturally rubbed off on me and interests or whatever the friends I was around what they did to me what I did to them I could go all day making up this story to explain and rationalize and then I just it was so exhausting to cry but after those few couple hours I finally came eye to eye with the truth which is it's at the end of the day it is still my responsibility to choose how to rise from everything that has ever happened in my life. No matter how I felt someone did me wrong, no matter how much I hated myself in the world and everyone around me for being the way they were and picking at every tiny little thing that ticked me off, it was still my responsibility. And it was a very bitter, bittersweet moment. It's, it's very different from a personality assessment in that the attitude is something you can change at will without needing to take into account a fixed personality trait. You know, everyone has their personal belief about a personality. I am in, I am in the boat of personalities are not a hard and fast way to be. At least for me, anytime I came up against someone difficult or something difficult or something scary, what I would do, I'd notice I did and other people did after I took the assessment, is people lean on this definition of who they think they are down to a T. They cross their T's and dotted their I's about how they are in every single situation with people. And it was unyielding. Around that time, this is a resource I didn't even think about that really helped me was um, getting into just, I guess, engaging with nature, in this case, houseplants and gardening. And I would observe a plant and just marvel at its ability to do what it, do it the best thing it could be, which it was designed to do, which is to just be as it is. And the ELI was a tool that helped me come to terms with just being as I was. I still have moments where I choke up and I get intimidated if, if something gets difficult. It's like, oh, you know, that's just not who I am to break out of feeling anxious about something that I come up against. And I feel like from all the conversations James and I have had about how, you know, we hear people complain and vent and blame and victimize themselves, the ELI doesn't, how do I say? It's not partial to anything. It just says, this is how you're showing up. And the benefit to knowing how you're showing up is that you can almost mathematically approach how to change you. Yeah, uh, I want to give like a real life example real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that I do sometimes is when I'm feeling, when I'm at that, when I'm at a certain level, 
I victimized myself, which is one of the lowest levels. Mm -hmm. And when, before I did, I took the LI, I didn't really understand what that even meant. But just knowing like you can like change or you can be within a range of, you know, whatever the energy levels are, you know, we won't go into detail on that. Um, It just, it was, it was so amazing to see that I could, automatically change how I was feeling based on where I knew I was at that moment, in that moment. And I would just, I would encourage anybody that's looking to really just find this really great tool that you can use, um, you know, reach out to our email. Uh, we can, I can, we can link, you know, Kim's email directly to her and her website on this particular episode. And just know that the ALI is just amazing tool. It's one of many. You can use all these things together or separately, however you feel. Um, I wanted to add real quick some of my own things that have worked for me. And um, creativity is probably the number one thing for me. And I tell this to a lot of people. And creativity is different for everyone. Um, for me, it's writing. Um, even attempting to play guitar, which I'm not really great at, um, you know. Yes, you are. For Kim, you know, she's she's. I've seen her play the the xylophone. I want to say. Am I getting that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The xylophone. I've seen her play guitar, um, ukulele. I mean, you know. Actually, pronounce ukulele. I've been yeah, saying it kind of wrong. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I, I should know I'm part Hawaiian. I don't know that. Oh, Anyways. Stereotype. Yeah. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. you know, creativity could be painting, um, drawing, animation, whatever it is for you, whatever resource helps you find a little bit of peace with being alone. I mean, Kim said something before we came on that really just kind of took my breath away because I'm starting to get to that level. I'm not quite there yet, but it's not a competition. That she's, She doesn't feel so much alone anymore. And so she really understands kind of how people are and where they are right now. And uh, going through seven cups and really every time I get on, probably 90% of the people that I talk to are like, I feel really alone right now. It could be the time of year, who knows. But I mean, I understand it a little bit better that we're not so alone as we think we are. And, you know, creativity for me is a great resource. And I've talked to so many people about this one particular thing. And everybody has a different answer. And that's great. So find your creativity if that's what it is. If it's YouTube, the ELI, coaching, whatever it is. But the whole point that we've been trying to make is about making choices. Right or wrong is not an issue. When you just make choices, stick with it. Even if for, you know, Kim's three months, if yours is one month or six months, whatever it is, just know that you're not alone in this world, that there are resources out there. And lastly, I would say to incur- to really encourage our listeners to maybe come on the show and share a resource or, you know, maybe we'll do something in the future where, you know, we can play a video of somebody sharing their resource. 
share that stuff with us because that is what this whole thing is about. It's about the collective, about more going beyond just the two voices that you will hear and the other voices that will come on the show as we continue on from here. And um, that's all I wanted to say. What about you, Kim? I just want to say that if anyone out there is interested in exploring coaching or the ELI, I really believe in both. I believe in coaching. I believe it works. And I definitely believe the ELI works. It's not the only tool, but it is definitely one I would recommend learning about. And there are so many different kinds of coaches out there. I focus on working with people that are mentally stuck to the point of experiencing thoughts of suicide or those that have attempted suicide before. Um, Yes, if anybody's interested, I can definitely help connect you with that community of coaching. As far as IPEC, that's a school I went through, and ELI, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of coaches. Wherever you are listening, I guarantee you and promise you there's an IPEC, ELI, MP, which is Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner Certified coach close to you that would be thrilled to introduce you to it well thank you listeners as always um, this is going to conclude season one of two voices and we really hope that you took away everything you could from these 10 episodes I have enjoyed my time with the audience so much. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Kim. And I am James. And today we are discussing what is Two Voices Podcast. And what Two Voices Podcast isn't. So I'll start us off. Two Voices Podcast is not a support group. It isn't therapy. It is not a group of mental health counselors. We are not health and wellness consultants. And we are not emotional support. And for me, to the Two Voices podcast is about starting conversations. As it takes at least two voices to communicate how we are feeling in the moment, how feeling alone feels, and how to stay accountable to our mental health. This is about collaboration with you alongside us and others with a shared common goal of changing the negative perceptions we have of being alone. It begins with listening. The first time James and I met was actually through WordPress and I couldn't help but to appreciate the authenticity that shined through 
when James would talk about how it felt when he was alone and I could relate so much. And here we are. We really feel drawn to take up the mantle and and provide a, a, a actual virtual space for people that feel alone to also be vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is, this is, it is okay to not be okay. And what can I do more of? And then together, we just decided to come together collaboratively, give our two voices so that the others in the mental illness community, even those that are listening, they're not really in the mental health community. Maybe you know someone. Maybe you're dealing with mental health issues, but you just don't know what it means. This is a place to really talk, discuss, and collaborate with one another. You'll see within the next podcast episodes what we're going to start growing together, what our voices together will be. And absolutely, I come from the end of not being diagnosed and for a while I was in denial about it and here I met James and I really co-sign what he's saying about the whole collaborative approach to mental health. There really is no right or wrong answer when it comes to mental health and I feel if enough voices collaborate and rally it will be so much more productive of a space in the mental health community. Instead of just having conversations about our mental health, we're actually doing something about it together, independently, without needing a clear, concise, step-by-step process. And for me, it really is about using my anecdotal evidence. What that means is my own personal experiences with living with bipolar one disorder, social anxiety, panic disorder, really having a mental health diagnosis, living with a mental illness diagnosis. And perhaps I can start begin to share what it's like or what it's been for me be alone and that's really the main goal is being alone is so common in mental health and mental illness negative thoughts come into our minds and there is a way to change it to positive thinking there absolutely is and in our first podcast episode the two voices will really begin with james and i asking each other questions questions that i feel a lot of us have on our mind to want to ask each other but we're maybe apprehensive to do so and we really appreciate you all coming to this podcast searching for a place to actually accept who you are be courageous enough to explore what that means and to take it take a step to explore what am I 
would what do I want to do with that information so with that having been said you feeling ready for the first podcast episode I am and I want to welcome everybody to two voices